0: Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 19. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases." And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Church family, we are blessed. We are really blessed, aren't we, church? We are blessed in so many ways. We are blessed to be a sent people through the intercessory prayers of Christ. How divine is the prayer of Jesus Christ. How divine is this prayer in verse 12. Let's read it again. It says, In these days... In these days he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. Fam, it is through this intimacy, this intimacy of God, that disciples of Jesus Christ receive their commissioning. Pope Benedict XVI says it like this, the calling of the disciples is a prayer event. It is as if they were begotten in prayer and in intimacy with the Father. Think about that for a moment. This moment of solitude on an unspecified mountain is happening between the Father and the Son. And one of the greatest events in the history of mankind is about to happen. The choosing of the twelve apostles of Jesus Christ. By which through the working of the power of God, through His Holy Spirit in them, we receive our faith, our hope, and our joy. Amen church. Look again at me, again with me at verse 12. And He prayed, and it says He prayed all night. He prayed all night. He continued in prayer to God. Luke makes it clear. That this is not just a normal occurrence he is emphasizing this all night portion to alert us to the fact that jesus is embarking on some serious serious prayer y'all the circumstances prior to and following caused jesus to need to get alone with his father to pray for a while You guys remember the prior to this moment, the heat was intensifying between Jesus and his opponents. His opponents had heard of his miracles and even seen them up close and personal. They heard about how he spoke as one who had authority and even had their minds read. But they were starting to get annoyed with the way that Jesus was acting. Like last week when we heard about Jesus healing a man with a withered hand. On the day of rest. Can you imagine getting mad about that church family? Can you imagine a man is walking in here, he comes up, and it's a day of rest and he gets his hand healed and, there, and there's some people back there going, Ah on the Sabbath? You serious? Look at that man. Jesus. No way. No way. We're gonna get him. Remember what verse 11 said last week? It said they started conspiring against Jesus to do something bad to him. Friends, this is alone enough to make somebody want to get on their knees and pray. Church family, have you ever tried to do something nice for someone and they start hating on you? They felt like an enemy, didn't they? You felt betrayed, right? Well, just hold on one second, okay? Because Jesus got something for how we should respond here in the coming weeks to our enemies. But this is just a little bit different. You see, the Garden of Gethsemane was not the only time Jesus prayed before an escalation of opposition. Here is another instance of such. Although the garden will be much more intense with the following events, they eventually come to kill him. Here is Jesus praying to the Father, asking for strength to do what is needed to be done next in the face of opposition. And what is one of the main things he needs to do? What is the most important thing he needs to do? Church family, Jesus needs to pray to select his 12 men whom he would use to establish his new messianic reign. He would call them apostles, which is a phrase used in other gospels sparingly, but in Luke and Acts multiple times. In Paul's writings, and in greetings of John of Pat Nelson in Revelation, which we'll get to in a little bit, but we'll come back to that. Okay. But let me summarize what I'm saying. This type of prayer was essential to having clarity to, uh, to choose his foundational 12 disciples. And he needed the energy, the stamina, authority and power to handle the ministry needs of the crowd to model that for his eventual carriers of the message to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And he also needed wisdom, discernment, and boldness to handle his opponents. Church family, Jesus needed to go pray. Can you feel this moment? Can you identify with Jesus, disciples of Christ? He is our master what Jesus says in matthew 10 20, uh, excuse me 10 twenty five he says it is enough to be like him. ever had a moment where you just needed to get alone to pray? Now you can talk to me church, come on now, come on, you can talk to me. hey you ever had a need to get alone? And pray, if you ever had someone do some stuff to you, your family, or your friends, and it just messed you up, have you ever had that happen, church family? Remember, family, we don't fight against flesh and blood. So most of the time, remember, this is spiritual warfare. But have you ever had that happen to you, Church? The spiritual warfare, the hatred, betrayal. You know, one of the ways we fight this fight is we put on the whole armor of God. But sometimes, verse 18 in Ephesians 6 is kind of slept on. Verse 18 of chapter 6 says this. I want you to hear this. Uh, Pay attention to this. This is what it says. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. My friends, some of you have some big stuff going on, right? You got some stuff going on in your lives. Will you be willing to drop everything and go spend some time with God? Does it mean that much to you? Do you get your cues from Jesus Christ? Do you get your discernment from Jesus Christ? When things are trying and troubling, do you get your your trials and do you get your cues? Do you get your wisdom from Jesus Christ? My friends, there's nowhere else to go but to Jesus Christ. I've had those moments before in my life where I just needed to get away. I had stuff going on. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where I was going to stay. I didn't know what I was going to eat. My bank account was low. Have you ever experienced that, church family? Friends talking bad about you. Have you experienced that, friends? Friends, have you ever had those moments? Well, you just need to go to a mountain and pray all night now, some of you, I hope, go to this place called the Glen coming up yeah I got had a" mm, in the back from Santos. I appreciate that santos mm. somebody 's been on a mountain in the, in uh, Glen area, Colorado, and I remember spending some time out there wondering if. I would ever find anybody who would love me. So much so, I was having a crisis. And I went up on a mountain to pray. Literally, spent some time on a mountain, not metaphorically, but literally, on a mountain and prayed. And all my college folk know what I mean by that. Amen, college folk? It's a beautiful experience what you hear from the Lord when you go spend some time all night in prayer. But, friends, have you ever had a a moment where you prayed for the choosing of someone to disciple? As disciples of Jesus Christ, he is our model. If you are looking to invest in someone... If you're looking to disciple someone, because Jesus calls us to disciple people in Matthew 28: 18 through20, then it needs to start here. It needs to start here. Jesus got alone with the Father. My friends, let me submit something to you today. If you want to see discipleship be in our DNA, our culture as a church, even more than it is right now. Then everyone go and get with the Father. Go get alone with the Father. Listen, Jesus didn't take six days, but friends, it's amazing what God can do in one night. Ask the Father on whom to disciple. And while you're at confessing whatever you need to confess and fellowshipping with him, be watchful, be mindful. God is speaking. And he will tell us what to do. He will tell us who to disciple. And friends, as we go and do that as a community, each of us going and spending time with Jesus Christ, I bet we'll see more and more of discipleship happening. Friends, sometimes we make it really complicated when it's not. Sometimes we make it really complicated and we say, hey, here's these five, six, seven steps, and this, this is this, and this, and that. But listen, what if we just started off by saying this? Friends, I want to disciple 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 people. I want to see every single last one of you in here intentionally training and discipling someone in the body of Christ and being discipled by somebody else in the body of Christ. What if we intentionally just started by going alone and praying? What if we did that? Uncomplicate the whole thing. Just go pray and ask the Father. Show us. Who is it? Who is it that needs a little bit of encouragement? Who is it that needs a little bit of help understanding the word and you just go get some time with them? Because God points you that way. Amen, church? What if we just uncomplicated the whole thing and imitated our master? Friends, we've been talking a little bit about what Jesus is about to do. In verse 13, Jesus called 12 men whom he calls apostles. That number 12 is important as it is more than just an arbitrary number. What Jesus is doing here is creating a newer and truer Israel. Jesus was, through these 12 men, going to reestablish a long-ago promise to Jacob that's Israel. Twelve tribes of Israel, a dynasty that could never be overthrown. And that is exactly what Jesus did. Revelations twenty-one fourteen picks up on this and says, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, meaning Jesus Therefore, these men have to be the most powerful, the most richest, the baddest and bougiest, the most intellectual, and the most respected man in all of Israel, right? No wrong. Yeah, yeah, John Mark's with me. (laughs) That was a trick question. (laughs) That's wrong. Friends, who are these men really? for the most part, unskilled, ordinary men. Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, uncommon men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That means this church family They weren't the religious elite. They were just, you know, like ordinary, ordinary people. But what they were called to was this, Jesus Christ. And what they were called to was something extraordinary. I mean, look at verse 12 again. I am doubling down. I'm tripling down on verse 12. I want you guys to see this. I mean, look at verse 12 again. These men were called to Jesus after he had been praying all night. I mean, this is huge. Jesus, the Son of Man, is up praying all night to the Father. Could you imagine walking to Jesus and he's praying to the Father and he starts teaching you? How awesome would that experience be? Church family, would that experience be tight That experience would be tight, man. I'm not even gonna lie, bro. I I I would love to be a part of that experience. I couldn't imagine. I'd be like Jesus, like, what you hear? Uh, What's going What's going to happen next? What we about to do? This is so exciting, guys. This is exciting. Can you imagine? Could you imagine what what's about to happen? These men got to go pray and see Jesus. They got to be called his disciples, his apostles. So this is it, right? It's really happening. The Messiah is here. No more troubles. Then you read down the list and you you see that these are all Galileans, except this one guy named Judas Iscariot. Which in the Greek most likely indicates a surname that indicated where he was from. That's the most traditional understanding of that word, meaning man of Kerioth, Which means from the get-go, he was an outsider from the rest of the other eleven disciples. He was not from Galilee. Friends, every gospel account lists this man last or even omits him in Acts because of his betrayal and because of his eventual suicide. Take a look and ponder this picture I took of a commentary from Chuck Swindoll. Do you see this list? Each list starts with a particular disciple, and then there's a grouping of other disciples. Judas always being last or not there. Some might ask, why choose Judas then? David Lyle Jeffrey, a New Testament scholar, says this in the the next quote. Many a commentator has asked the question only to grasp the answer in a fashion similar to Augustine. Judas The traitor is chosen, not unwittingly, but knowingly, for Christ has indeed taken to himself the weakness of man and therefore refused not even this share of human infirmity. He is willing to be betrayed by his own apostle that you, when betrayed by your friend, may more calmly bear your mistaken judgment or your kindness thrown away. What does this mean, church family? It is not that Jesus was wrong or made a mistake in choosing Judas Iscariot, but instead allowed for it to happen according to God the Father's foreknowledge, which allowed for Judas to choose to be a disciple or a betrayer. And Judas chose a betrayer after seeing the very power of God up close and personal in Jesus Christ, so that when we as disciple makers make a decision and it doesn't turn favorable in our selection of certain individuals in our disciple making attempts, Jesus, our great high priest, may be able to empathize with us a little bit, the pain of being betrayed. Jesus said in John 6, verse 70, this is for the mature, hear this out. Have I not chosen you, and yet one of you is the devil? Which means this church family. And Hebrews 2, verse 17 says it best. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. Everybody say high priest in the service of God. You know, from time to time, I hear some things in Christian rap that just kind of make me stop. It just make me stop real quick and be like, man, uh, I, Judas is a character for me that always challenges me to stay faithful to Christ. G- jesus i think helps us to understand what it really means to love people andy minio in a christian rap song called desperados says this it seems like every team them got a judas what he meant by that is listen it seems like every team this is a this happens often every team ends up having a Judas-like character. What we see here, friends, if you've ever been betrayed, if you've ever been hurt by somebody, what you see here is somebody who understands, and that person is Jesus. Friends, it gives more meaning to Luke 6.27 about loving your enemies next, when we'll see this in the next couple weeks, Jesus wasn't just going through it, friends, from the outside. His opponents weren't just the Pharisees and the Sadducees. His opponents were also people who are facing, uh, excuse me, his, his opponents were also people in his inner circle, which has serve as a warning, a warning for all of us that we need to continue to cling to Jesus. But, friends, it's not all doom and gloom in this list. If you could put the list back up, uh, Zach. Think, and, by the way, can we give Zach a hand? Zach is always back there. And Matthew and Santos, they're always back there serving. I appreciate these men. Listen, it's not all doom and gloom on this list. Think about this for a second. Who's at the bottom of the list? It's Judas. But there should be great hope that who's at the top of the list is Simon Peter, who is at the head of each and every single list. He failed big time, right? You guys know this, but he was also a saint. You know the big failures, and you know the victories with Peter. And you know the cross for Christ that he would bear as a beloved and faithful disciple of Jesus Christ in the very end. And that might be you today. You might have come in thinking today, I am too messed up to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I've messed up my life way too much beyond repair. I can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You might have said that you would follow Jesus Christ to the end. And before the rooster crowed, you denied Jesus three times. But disciples of Jesus Christ... What I want you to do is to stop believing the lies of Satan like right now. That God's grace is not sufficient enough for you. It's not big enough to cover even your most sinful moments. The God man is in heaven right now. Everybody say high priest. He is interceding for you as your high priest. This list of dudes, they weren't impressive. They were not the religious elite. They were not super skilled. They had issues. They were often fearful. They were fishermen and tax collectors, sinners and zealots trying to overthrow Rome by military force, maybe even conspirators. Shout out to the Illuminati. I mean, for real, just, just like us, you know, we're over there, YouTube uh, theologians. Anyway, my bad, I shouldn't, maybe I should not say that, but ain't <laughs> hey, just like us, you know what I'm saying? So wherever you are today, my friends, receive Christ. Take his yoke of discipleship upon you, and you will find rest and purpose for your life. Repent often and keep believing just like Peter did in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says, while you were an enemy of Jesus, he died on the cross for you. Can I get some help from y'all? God writes straight lines with crooked sticks. Amen, church? Ain't nothing truer than that. Do I have a testimony of that in here? Can I get a show of hands if God has saved you and you you were just not a perfect individual? But God is writing a really beautiful straight line, although you a crooked stick like me. If you are alive today, each day is a day in which you can choose to receive the grace of Jesus Christ. And we can be used of God, though we are not perfect. God can make a way. When it seems like there is no way and we have thrown every single obstacle in his path. God is powerful enough for that. Do you believe that, church family? Do you cling to that God, the gospel of grace in Jesus Christ? My friends, I want to finish with looking at our last couple of verses in verses 17 through 19. Jesus, who called them up to him. Is now coming back down with the twelve. These men were chosen to be ambassadors of his message. But as he is about to give some of the most extensive teaching in Luke so far that he's done, we have to remember that there were other more, there's other important people there. And who were they? There are two different groups of people. First, there were the disciples. The disciples. Which is so great to remember that there were men and women disciples, in a, in, in especially in our cultural climate, y'all. Think about this. Luke is great about doing this. There was men and women, disciples, coming to hear Jesus, coming to learn from Jesus, which is what disciple means, a learner or student. And they were coming to him to be disciples, just like The apostles were. The disciples will play a pivotal part in the narrative going forward. And will be the object of Jesus' instruction on the Sermon on the Plain in the coming weeks. Because it says that Jesus looking at his disciples. There is also another group there. The crowds. Everybody say the crowds. The crowds at this point are non-hostile. In fact, at this point, they are open to receiving Christ. The need to hear the word of God and be healed by the word made flesh is massive. Both for Israel, but also even for the Gentile. You guys see that from, from Tyre and Sidon? You guys see that from the Gentile? Friends... Paul picks this up in Romans one sixteen, And Peter also discovers in a dream, before going and baptizing Cornelius and his family, that this salvation in Jesus is for the Jews and for the Gentiles. For the ethnic Jews and for those who are not Jews. Friends, this must have been a scene. Can you imagine this? people who are probably smelly, travel days, sick with various diseases, people with mental health issues like debilitating ones, people with unclean spirits doing weird things, maybe potentially not wanting to be exercised with those demons. And they are being healed left and right as a massive crowd, receiving the word of God in droves. But watch closely. There is something behind this curtain. Something more important is happening. Jesus is modeling something for us. Jesus goes, in verse 12, to the Father in all-night prayer. He then calls some of his faithful people to come and be with him. Then he goes and does the work of caring for the vulnerable, teaching, and confronting the evil of the world. And he does it in real time for them to see. My friends, Jesus is modeling for them what they will be doing here in a little bit. The crowds are coming to him in droves, and all they have to do is touch his cloak, and he is healing them. Power is pouring out from him. No matter where the people are spiritually with him, power is flowing out. As Luke does not say, that the folk in the crowd became the disciples. But Jesus taught them and loved them all anyways. And he was approachable. And he was amongst the people. Verse 18 said, they came near to him. Friends, Jesus is modeling the life of discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. But hear me out. I'm not saying that you need to muster this up on your own strength. And as... I just want to invite the worship team up because I want to spend some time in this last part pondering this. The worship team, would you mind just coming up? I want to invite the worship team up. What I am saying, friends, is this. Go be with Jesus. And those who are with Jesus come near and follow him. And those who follow Jesus then imitate Jesus and those who follow him. Friends, I want you to think about this. What if each person decided right now that 2023, 2024, 2025, every single day, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus and I'm going to draw near to Jesus My friends, if you draw near to Jesus and you come to him, you will make disciples. You will make disciples. And it won't be just something you have to drum up on your own strength, do according to your own willpower. Just go be along with Jesus. And you will find, just like as Jesus called them to the mountain, you will find that Jesus will take you back down the mountain to minister to those hurting and broken. And as you do that, don't be surprised that as you go to Jesus and you come back down that mountain, that crowds of people, flocks of people will come to you. People will come to be loved on. People will come to hear the word of Christ. What I'm saying is, is go get alone with God. and You will find people drawing near to you. The two greatest commandments are also a reality of the implications of discipleship. Big or small, don't judge the size of the gathering or the multitudes of people flocking to you. But my friends, it is always amazing to me. What God can do when people come with a posture, a prayer, and really yield and submit to him. Unskilled, ordinary people who have been with Jesus get to participate in God changing the world. Amen, church? Friends, at this moment, I would just like to have you bow this with me. I just want you to take a second if you have not embarked on this journey of discipleship, I would just encourage you to pray to the Lord, Jesus, make me a disciple of Christ. And if you are a disciple of Christ already, I pray that you, right now, with your heads bowed, just ask the Lord, Lord, help me to become more in line with your discipleship. And if you have not been discipled, been in a discipleship relationship, I want you to just start thinking right now, who is somebody I can go to and ask, will you help me learn and grow and become a disciple of Jesus? And if you are somebody who's mature and you feel that you want to disciple someone, I pray right now that you would spend some time thinking and praying with the Lord. Who is somebody I can go get some time with and just help them understand what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus wants to use you. If you don't believe that, I pray that you would proclaim that over yourself right now. Because God does not need the elite to change the world. God needs humble, submitted people. God wants humble, submitted people. And he can change the world with unskilled, ordinary people. Father, thank you so much for this time. I pray that you would help each and every one of us in here to go and make disciples. Lord, not in our own strength. Lord, help us to just come be with you. Lord, this next week, I really pray that some people would go take, this, take Jesus up on this. And they would go, and, Father, they would go and be alone with Jesus. Lord, if they have things going on in their lives, they would go be alone with Jesus. If they don't have anything going on in their lives, they'd go be alone with Jesus. Lord, if they're looking for someone to disciple, they'd go be alone with Jesus. Lord, if they're looking to be disciple, they'd go be alone with Jesus. And Father, you would do the transforming work that only you could do to start a disciple-making movement in our church. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.